We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, we have officially begun the countdown here at KFS headquarters, a.k.a. my laundry room, where I record this from um, three times a week, to episode number 300. Um, I, I believe if I have not lost count that the episode you are listening to right now is number 297. So we're, we're getting close. We're getting close. We're a week away. Uh, on this episode, however, uh, not a shabby guest at all. I went into the athletic well because Mike Vorkanoff is always such a good time. I'm like, why do I have to stop at the athletics Knicks beat reporter? Why don't I, you know, see, see who else is out there to give some insight? So I got Fred Katz on here um, and we had a really great conversation about the Wizards who he covers for the Athletic um, and spend a lot of time talking about Bradley Beal as you you might expect and where things are at with Beal and that franchise and is he going to get traded and what will he get traded for and how is that process going to look if and when they get there. We also talked a little bit about the season, Russell Westbrook, um, some of the, the, the plates that they have, um, you know, uh, had to... Uh, you know, be subject to, um, of course I get, uh, tongue tied talking about the wizards because they're, they're just that kind of an organization. They, they are, they are a tongue twister this year. All of, all of six wins. Hopefully they do not get their seventh against the Knicks. And, uh, one helpful thing, uh, for, for the Knicks case, at least tonight is that Bradley Beal will be out. 
um, what the Wizards are terming rest. Um, you know, sure, I guess, maybe he's resting. They didn't play on Thursday night. They're not going to play on Saturday night. But if Bradley Beal wants to rest, I guess he could rest. Um, I, I would also note that I believe Derek Rose, before he got traded, was listed as sitting out for rest um, a couple times by the Pistons. So, you know, uh, listen, you, I, I won't I won't take away from the conversation I'm going to have with Fred. He, he goes into it, but just something worth noting. Um, anyway, so hopefully the Knicks get lucky tonight and could steal a win from an already undermanned Wizards team that will be um, further uh, undermanned, as it were. A uh, couple other bits of, of news and notes for the Knicks uh, as we finish up this week. Uh, first and foremost, the Westchester Knicks uh, kicked off their season in the Orlando bubble. For those of you who are interested in such things, um, Iggy Brasdakis um, had a great game one. He did not play in game two, which happened on Thursday. He had he kicked it off with 28 points and 15 boards. Um James Young had a nice debut, 20 points. Uh, Jared Harper was really the star of game one. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights or saw his line. He had 31 points on 15 shots, which is uh, pretty good. He was also four or five from three, had 10 assists, a couple of blocks, four rebounds. Uh, he had a, a really nice game. So Westchester Knits off to a, a, a rousing start. They actually, I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. Um, so they have, they have played their, their second game. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're going to be playing fast and furious. So if you are interested in watching the Westchester next, you can feel free to do that. Um, in addition, the other G league teams have also kicked off. And if you're someone who is a draft Nick, is that the, is that the terminology a draft Nick? Yeah, I think it's a draft Nick. Um, you might want to tune into the G leagues ignite team because the G leagues ignite team is the team that is, um, uh, the home to two top five prospects who are probably um, going to be taken very early in the upcoming draft. Those, of course, would be uh, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga. Uh, Kuminga had a better debut than Green in the in the first game, um, but both of them had some moments. So, if you want to get an up close and look up close and personal look at some guys that I'm sure the Knicks are going to be looking at. Feel free to tune into that as well. Uh, a couple other things of interest. Um, oh, here's one. The fans will be back at Madison Square Garden. Not a whole house, obviously. We are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but about 2,000 fans. And that will be starting on February 23rd. So um, we're about a week and change away from that. The first game that fans will be allowed for will be against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Um, I believe stick, season ticket holders will have a, have a priority for that. So if you're looking to go to a Nick game, um, you're going to have the opportunity to do so. Uh, I, I, I do not think I will be partaking in um in in those festivities this year um you know got a got a baby on the way and pregnant wife and the whole thing so probably going to be sitting this one out but if you would like to go cheer on our beloved New York Knicks um you should feel free to do so uh, again starting on February 23rd uh i i think that's it uh, only other thing i'll say um 
and I, I should do this every time, but of course I don't, but I'm going to do it now because I'm, I'm, I'm remembering to do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, two things, two plugs. One is a plug for us. Nick's film school. Go on your podcast app or yeah, I guess that's where you would do it on your podcast app. Or can you do this on a laptop? I don't, I don't know. Um, give us a rating, a review or, or whatever, you know, the, the thing is where you, you, you compliment the podcast that you listen to. We just crossed 300, um, ratings and my, my producer tells me that we have a five star rating, which I, I am gathering is good. And we would like more of those, um, because, I don't know why, but apparently it's good. So uh, give us a rating, give us a review if you if you're so inclined. Um, and if you have mean things to say about us, um, you could just email me or um, or DM me or whatever. Uh, my email is apparently out there because I get like random emails from from people, and I don't know how they get my email address, but whatever. Um, so yeah, but don't leave an angry review. Just just send that to me. Um, the second plug is for our boy. Julius Randall. Julius Randall was announced um, on Thursday as eighth in the fan voting for the All Star Game. So obviously, the the fans vote for um, the starters uh, partially with the coaches and with the media, and then the coaches are solely responsible for picking the um, the reserves. Now, no. Julius Randle is not actually going to get voted in as a starter, but I am a big believer in representation and kind of, you know, putting a little pressure where pressure is due right now. He's eighth. There is still time for him to move up to seventh, maybe sixth, maybe even fifth. He's, he's not that far behind. Like there is time for him to catch up. And, you know, if the coaches see a guy who's like, ah, he just missed the top three, he's like fifth or sixth, who knows? Maybe they're like, you know what? Let's, let's do the, that guy a favor. He, he, the fans seem to want him here. Let's, let's do him a solid. Um, is that how it works out? Probably not. But, uh, I just like knowing that, uh, this is one of the rare times where the fans, us, we can take some ownership in, you know, how things go for this team, uh, because it's, it, you know, if you get an all-star, if you have an all We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All-star on your roster. That's a big deal. And it makes team building easier because like, ooh, other players, they're like, I want to go play with an all-star. Julius Rand is an all-star. I want to go play with him. Um, I, I just, you know, do your part. It doesn't take a lot. I'm running the contest on Twitter every day where I'm giving away um, a Knicks Film School uh, newsletter subscription to one lucky person. 
every day who retweets or replies with, you know, hashtag Julius Randall, hashtag NBA All-Star. So go check out my Twitter if you want to enter that contest. And uh, yeah, vote for uh, vote for the big man. Didn't didn't have such a great game on Wednesday night, but or excuse me, on Tuesday night. But I'm sure he'll be back at it um, against Washington in no time. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, um, I I have had nothing but positive experiences with people from the Athletic, um, despite Vorkanov, you know, being a little dicey from time to time. Maybe we could get into Vork if we have some extra time. Um, but I am a massive, massive, massive fan of this person's work. He covers the Wizards for the Athletic. Um, he also has a podcast about the Wizards, host of Wizards After Dark, which. Given how the Wizards are doing this season, I'm not sure. Are they have they been out of the dark or are they perpetually in the dark? We'll have to find out. Fred Katz, uh, thank you for coming on the show. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, hopefully, I can continue that string of uh, impressing from the Athletic. <laughs> you're you're off to a great start already as as you're backing up this audio. So the Vork never offered to do that. So like Vork uh, Vork is you know not. He's not a guy who would do that. He's not a stand-up guy. No, 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 no. He's, I mean, he complains a lot. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, shout, shout out to Vork. He's one of my favorite guests. Um, so you were kind enough to come on here because uh, the New York Knickerbockers, who are uh, usually perpetually bad, as the Wizards are this season, are playing the Wizards um, in a few days. And I thought it might be fun to talk um, maybe a little bit about the game, but mostly some of the surrounding stuff with the Wizards, because I think they're one of the more fascinating stories um, in the league uh, just because of the uncertainty surrounding them. Uh, before we get there, though, just from – I always like to do this. From your perspective, um, obviously you don't watch the Knicks every day. I know you pay attention to them just like you do the other teams. What What is your view of what they have been doing this season and just like kind of a, a big picture? Like when, when I think of the Knicks, I think of what this year? Well, I talk about the Knicks more than you might think because I'm from New York and all my childhood friends are huge Knicks fans. And it's a common topic on the, on the group chat that we're always on. So, uh, I think about the Knicks more than any human being probably should, who doesn't have any sort of relationship with the Knicks whatsoever. What do I think about the Knicks this year? Uh, quickly is fun as hell. He, dude scores like a maniac. They are better than I thought they'd be. They're really feisty defensively. Where are they sixth or seventh in defensive efficiency right now? I, I check it every day. They're sixth as of right now. They're sixth in defensive efficiency. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and the New York Knicks are sixth in defensive efficiency. I didn't see that coming. What a world. They're feisty. They they play hard. Uh, Austin Rivers trash talks way more than Austin Rivers should trash talk, and yet like I somehow feel like he should be trash talking even more. It's the great Austin Rivers trash talk paradox. Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, they're, they're actually fun to watch for a team. Normally, if you get a sub-500 team that doesn't give up a lot of points and doesn't score a lot of points, they're, they're pretty unfun. Uh, but they're, they're pretty fun because they're feisty, and, and I like Mitchell Robinson a lot. and They're, they're well-coached, too. Tibbs is doing a good job. I uh, I'm happy that's a it's a good point to end on because a lot of people right now there's some consternation about it's my go to word when I talk about this over Thibodeau and some of the you know rotation or substitution patterns. Uh, I'm like you. I just think he's got the guys playing hard and that's and that's pretty good. Um, moving over to Washington, it has been um, an interesting year uh, to to say the least. I. I just wanted before we even get to the team, what has it been like covering between? So you had the wall trade, 
Then you had the season start off the way it did. The Beal stuff is perpetually hanging over it. You guys didn't play for, what was it, like a week or so? Two weeks. Um, 13 weeks, excuse me. Um, What has this year been like for you, just from like a media perspective? It's been really weird. And on top of it all, I'm not at the games. I'm not in the locker rooms. So it's just completely different because of COVID. I mean, normally, I'm at least sitting there close to the floor. I'm in the locker room before and after the game. I'm in the concourses talking to random people and I'm on the road with the team and all those sorts of things. And this year, I'm just sitting in my living room, not going to games. I'm not doing anything that any other human being would consider active. I'm just sitting around on the lazy boy and watching the Wizards, which is an incredible way to go through existence. And and they've had so many strange uh, so many strange tropes this year. You know, there's the wall trade rumors and then the actual wall trade. And then it's, oh crap, it's wall for Westbrook. And then Westbrook's coming in and then Westbrook's going to change the culture. And there's the Beal stuff, which has been, like you said, hanging over them for the entire season and will continue to be a narrative no matter how many times people who are in the know say they don't want to trade Beal or people, other teams who are calling them up about Beal keep hearing that the Wizards don't want to trade him. It will continue to be a narrative until Bradley Beal, you know, either gets traded mm-hmm. or leaves in free agency or re-signs with them or signs an extension or whatever. Yeah. Like Something as long as happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As long as he is on this contract with this team that's six and fifteen, he he will be the guy who everybody talks about as a possible trade. That is how the NBA works. And it's not just the media narrative. People around the league talk about it too. And, and, and then of course there's, they had not, it's, you know, more than half the roster in the Elden safety protocols. They had to miss 13 days when they six postponed games, when they came back, they still had just about half of their roster, which they were playing with for the first three games back until they started to get everybody back. So Isaac Bonga, baby. It's Bonga time. (laughs) So they have, it's been such an unbelievably weird season. Uh, Westbrook looks great one night, looks old or hurt the second night. Just an unbelievably weird season. So you brought up the record six and fifteen, and and the the Beal rumors, which obviously I want to touch on. This feels like a chicken or the egg thing. Did the did the the aura of the Beal thing influence this season? Do you think it was? the season started to increase the rumors? Is it somewhere in between? Like, where where are you at with this? I think the season increased the rumors. I think if they were playing really well, it wouldn't be out there. I also think the rumors have a lot to do with projection because it's just kind of like we look at a guy, Beal's a free agent in two years, and we look at a guy who's leading the league in scoring, who is averaging 30 a game for the second year in a row, and we say, okay, the team was 25 and 47 last year. They are 6-15 and this year, and they have the second-worst record in the Eastern Conference. It's not like they have some prominent young stud who looks like he could be a future All-NBA player. They've got some nice young players, but it's not like Denny Avdia is held in the same stratosphere as Zion Williamson or anything like that. So you look at the roster and you say, okay, how are they realistically going to get better quick enough to keep that guy, to make him want to stay. Because historically, in recent history, you look at the NBA and you got a guy who's a super scorer on a team like that and who is an all-NBA contender and possibly an all-NBA guy this year in Bradley Beal. And you think, 
why is that guy going to stay in the losing situation? Because it never happens. The guy always ends up leaving for whatever, you know, you get an Anthony Davis situation at some point, even if it's not that contentious. That being said, I have not heard that. I mean, I reported at the athletic. When would it have been? Oh, it was a couple days. Like five days ago. Yeah. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. Time doesn't exist anymore. No, there's no, it's a might've been five days ago. Might've been five years ago. I <laughs> can't really confirm either one. Whenever I reported it, I reported it recently enough that it's still true today that the Wizards have gotten no indication from Bradley Beal that he wants to be traded. And when teams call up the Wizards, the Wizards just aren't engaging in those talks. They don't want to trade Beal. They've contended they want to build around Beal. And it's not just them holding on to him and saying, we think we can be good with him in the next year. They think they have a legitimate chance at holding on to him and 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 really keeping him and, you know, it remains to be seen if that's going to happen or not going to happen or if circumstances change by the deadline or, or after the season or whatever. But, but for now, I, I don't think anything is imminent. Um, I'm going to do the thing, which every person who covers teams just loves, which I'm going to ask you to absolutely guess and put yourself out there. If you had to wager a guess um, as to, okay, let's say Beal, changes his mind or the Wizards changes or whatever the situation changes how much um and, and I asked this as as the uh, person who covers a team that not many players have wanted to come to over the last several years at least how much agency do you think he will have in that process in directing where he ends up next or do you think the Wizards are just going to be like look we're going to get the best package we can um we're, we're again Asking you to guess, where would you see that heading? I I think he would probably have a good amount because he's only got at most a year and a half left if something like that were to happen, you know. And and at that point, let's say it had. Let's say Beal goes to them and says he doesn't want to be with the Wizards anymore after this season or something. Let's say he does that. He's only got one more year till he can, can become a free agent. So now all of a sudden, this is the Paul George Indiana situation. You know, where, yeah, maybe a dark horse like OKC comes out of nowhere and makes the trade. Maybe. But usually, Anthony Davis ends up in L.A. James Harden ends up in Brooklyn. Usually, that's what ends up happening. Uh, And Harden had basically two full years left, too. And the reason why is because a team like, let's say, New Orleans, just New Orleans is, out there. <laughs> well, New Orleans is intriguing because they yeah. have all of those draft picks and they're not amazing picks because they're Milwaukee's picks, but they, they have a lot of draft picks and they have good young players and you and can, the Lakers you, picks uh, and the Lakers also, picks. Yeah. True. Right. Also not picks. amazing. <laughs> also not amazing picks. I mean, yeah. might literally be the finals matchup this year, yeah, but, but still they have a lot of picks. They could offer a lot of picks. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just sheer number, and then maybe you get lucky or something because LeBron decides he wants to retire, even though he's going to play until he's 92 years old. <laughs> but let's say New Orleans or Atlanta or something like that, where they can make a real offer for him. Yeah. But Beal says, just gives him a heads up, I probably wouldn't resign because their teams are going to do their homework. They're not going to make that deal having no idea whether sure. the guy will resign, probably. And, uh, Now, all of a sudden, New Orleans, Atlanta, whomever else, Denver, like me, if Denver finds out, yeah, Beal doesn't want to play in Denver. He'll come in, he'll play for you for a year, and then he's going elsewhere because that's what happened with Paul George with some teams. Everybody thought he was going to L.A. Yeah. And so teams just pulled out. Why is Denver going to give up Michael Porter Jr.? 
if Beal wants to be there for one year? Why is uh, why is New Orleans going to give up you know nine hundred and seventy three picks mm. if he's only going to be there for one year and so on and so forth? So I think any really good player who has one year, one and a half years left has a pretty good amount of agency just by the sheer circumstances. That makes perfect sense. Um, I may have missed it over the last several years, but I've has there ever been a report that like, oh, people are saying Beal could maybe someday want to end up in place X? I mean, has there been the any only of that? reports have been Bradley Beal saying flat out on the record he wants to retire with the Wizards. Yeah, that's that's the that, only thing. Kind of thing. Um, that is the only thing he's he said to me. Uh, I've written. And I had this in this piece that I wrote last week, but he said to me, he, he, he doesn't like super teams. He doesn't like the super team culture. Hmm. And he said that to me, I was a while ago. He said that to me, that was about two years ago that he said that to me. So look, things change, but he has said to me, he doesn't like the super team culture. He's a little old school. He's, he's a little more like the, like the Damian Lillard mold where Lillard just said, or, or Giannis, obviously. Giannis yeah, sure. decided to stay in Milwaukee. He's a, he's a little bit more in that mold. And I'm not saying that means that he's definitely going to stay because the difference is Giannis stayed when his team is winning 60 games every year and is contending at least for going to the finals. And he also and, made the holiday trade before he officially put pen to paper. So we should you know, note that. Totally. Yeah. But they were also really good. Yeah, they were the already good. Trade. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were they had the best record in the East last year and they didn't make the finals and everybody considers that a disappointment, which is fair but that's not the level the Wizards are at. And and Portland has made one conference final. Uh, but they're they're consistency consistently sure. in the playoff picture. I mean, the Wizards right now are at at a different, you know, they're just well, in a different league. I was gonna which so is I'm gonna why the talk guys. Yeah, because Portland, like we always have we've heard during like especially when they got, I think, swept in the first round of the playoffs, was it two, three years ago? Um, after they started off well the next year, we heard all the reporting about the culture and this and that, like any other organization would have folded, but they kept it together. Do you think this wizard situation has a chance of actually pulling through whatever it's six and fifteen? Or like where where do you see this season going for for Washington? Well, to me, the difference, if you're going to compare it to Portland, the, the difference is Portland got swept by New Orleans. Drew Holiday killed him in that series. Yep. He killed Lillard specifically in that series. Mm-hmm. And Lillard came back. He had a great year. They go to the conference finals that year. Difference is they were building on a playoff season. Yeah. You know, they weren't. It's not like they were embarrassed because they went 17 and 65. They were, they were building on a playoff season. Whereas this Wizards team kind of just has to overcome its own basketball deficiencies. I mean, the issues there, the issues with the Wizards are, are basketball issues. They are yeah. the fact that they're consistently in the bottom three or four in defense. Yeah. I mean, we, they're, they're on, they're like, tw- they're, they're basically the, the bizarro Knicks. We're talking about a lot of defense and except the offense is <laughs> what are they like 18th or 19th now, offense now they're like 20th in offense i think which is crazy the 18th yeah um they're capable of being higher than that sure they they have some serious bust out offensive potential um losing thomas bryant really hurt them i like he was him. yeah he was having such a good offensive yeah. season he's really gotten better i mean he's just wildly efficient. He's become a really good three-point shooter. And so now you've got this 6'11 center who has shot literally 75 plus percent two years in a row in the restricted area and is now shooting 40% on threes. And 
he i mean it's just outrageous how efficient he can become like he could be a 65 to 70 percent effective field goal or a true shooting guy in his career which and, when you add to a beal and a westbrook in theory that's a nice little yes uh, and he was he was doing great i mean defensively you know he's he's he struggles defensively too. Yeah. Basically, everybody on that roster struggles defensively. But in terms of just like being an offensive juggernaut, he's the perfect guy for them. He's a pick and roll guy. He's a pick and pop guy. He doesn't post up. He doesn't handle the ball. He's just like going to be high energy. He's going to get the energy buckets. He's going to cut. He's really good running in transition. Like that's how he's going to get his points. It's going to be on dump offs. It's going to be on catch and shoots. Like he's perfect yeah. for Beal Westbrook. I think losing him hurt their offense a good amount. Um, Davis Bertans is not hitting his threes. That's the other big thing. I was going to ask you about that. That's just that's just weird. That guy was as automatic as anyone. And- yeah, I mean, he came into the season admittedly not in the shape that he should have been. Uh, he, he showed up about two or so weeks late to training camp because he had visa oh. issues oh, okay. getting back into the country. And on top of that, he admittedly did not play five-on-five five for months leading into the season. And so he was totally out of shape uh, and then working his way back in and he started the preseason then into the regular season on a minutes restriction. And then by the time he starts to kind of come back, he had six threes against Phoenix. And then he's one of the guys who goes into the health and safety protocols. And now all of a sudden he's out for like two and a half weeks stuck in the health and safety protocols. And, uh, and it's like, you know, those, the returns that he had made throughout the season just kind of all got wiped out. And now he's kind of starting again. He's hitting 33% of his threes, which is like, he's gross territory, baby. <laughs> he's got Nick's great. Derek Rose. Nick's Tom great, Derek Rose. great. Derek Rose. Yes. Third time's a charm. He's, he's got to like, he has to hit 40 to 42, 43% in order to be as effective as he's supposed to be given just what the expectations were for him. I mean, he, he was, he literally had one of the best shooting seasons of all time last year. That was amazing. Not hyperbole. No, with the the best of all time. It was insane. Um, I look, I, I think I picked them to finish six in the East. And because I, I I thought all the things that you're saying now, like this is going to work. They're going to score enough to make a difference. Um, Last thing. And then I know you got to get out of here. Um, Russell Westbrook. It, it is, I, maybe this is an unfair question to ask. That, given, that's, that sound effect was your question, right? Is there, do you think they, do you think they have serious buyer's remorse? Do you think they have a little bit of buyer's remorse? Do you think they have any buyer's remorse? I don't think the buyer's remorse is here yet. Um, that's the other part of the offense, by the way. Uh, I don't think the buyer's remorse is there yet because he's been dealing with a quad injury. That's and when you talk to them, they talk about how he's just fighting back from the quad and, and he's had moments like that Nets game a week and a half ago where they win 149, 146. And Westbrook he was great. Was, I watched most of that game. It's good. Great game. And he was spectacular. And it wasn't just that he played well. It was how he played Yep. the way Westbrook, I think more so. And I covered him in OKC too. So I, I have seen yeah. a lot of Russell Westbrook basketball in my life. Most of it's spectacular. And Westbrook, I think more than any other Hall of Famer of his generation, he plays well, not depending on um, what he's doing. It's more on how he's playing stylistically. Mm. And on nights where he's just going to rely on the jumpers, it's probably not going to be there for him. Mm. On nights where he is just forcing his way to the hole, 
he's probably going to play great. Uh, and that Nets game, he took 19 shots in the paint. I think it was 19, 18 or 19 shots in the paint, That's which is good. a ridiculous number for a point guard. I mean, it's that, a good number for a team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Uh, And if you watch that game, it was apparent. Like the reason I looked that up because I was like, good Lord, he is attacking. Like, like this is, this is 2015 Westbrook, you know, with the way he was grabbing defensive rebounds, going the length of the floor, finishing over Durant on multiple occasions in the final minute of regulation and just attacking, attacking, attacking. And he hasn't been doing that this year. And I don't know how much of it has to do with the fact that he's 32 he doesn't play on both halves of back-to-backs anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just, when guys get older, they lose athleticism. I don't know how much of it has to do with that and how much of it has to do with the quad. And I can't quite figure it out. If you ask Wizards people, they say it's the quad. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the buyer's remorse. But um, he goes in and out. Like he, he looks better now than he did at the start of the year, which makes me think it's totally possible that it is just the quad because he missed – he sat for about, I think it was 16 days between games and looked better when he came back. He really looked better. And so maybe, maybe it is the quad he had. He had a, he had a really nice game against Atlanta and he had that great game against Brooklyn. Um, but again, it goes in and out. He's had games where he stretches where he's had like 40 field goal attempts over a stretch and like, like five or six of them are layups or dunks and the rest are jumpers. It's like, that's not Russell Westbrook. I know people say like, you yeah. take the good and the bad with Westbrook, but that's not Westbrook. That's, that's, that's too, too extreme. It's too bad. Um, and meanwhile, all I'm hearing is that he's going to look at Alfred Payton like a juicy piece of meat um, <laughs> coming up. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. We, we got to do this again sometimes. Um, Fred Katz, can you please just quickly tell the folks at home uh, where they could find you and your stuff? Yeah, you can find my stuff over at theathletic.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z. You can subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Wizards After Dark. Um, Yeah, that's it. Subscribe to The Athletic. I was I I always do a, a, an extensive athletic plug when Vork is on. I'll do one here. Um, you could read more than just Vork on the athletic. You can read Fred Katz. You can read all about other NBA teams. It's like, and you always have a special going. What I really want is more Twitter banter between you and Vork, though. That's what I personally need in my life. So um, if you could, you know, get you up sh- on that. You should see our text thread. There's plenty of banter. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want that to get out if I had to guess. Um, thank you so much, Fred, uh, and everybody out there. Thanks for listening. To to another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We'll be back with you with another one very soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.